Alright, here we go. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome, and uh, I'll go ahead and unmute the rest of us. How's everybody doing? Welcome, everyone. We have Ben. Ben, I am. I have the terrible time pronouncing your last name. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, the E and the S are together. S hog poor. Aha. It's, okay. So when I break it down, every every time when I break it down that way, people are like, "Oh my gosh, that is just why did I not think of it?" And the emphasis awesome. is on the first syllable. Okay. So. so thank you for that, because it has been a, a topic of discussion a few times. Like I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how this works. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, th uh, thanks for thanks for popping on uh, with us today for our for our very first, I believe, our very first uh, workflow Wednesday. Workflow uh, Wednesday. Yeah, we like the alliteration. So <laughs> I like it too. <laughs> um, so I guess to to start off, um, let's let's like you do um kind of tell us who you are what you do and uh all that good jazz um so i have um in the 20 oh gosh when is night when 97 so what is it 23 years 20 in the 23 years i've uh been here in los angeles i've worn a, a number of different hats but um i currently um do motion graphics and 3d animation uh and edit um, and um, in a former life, I did cinematography and camera uh, stuff, which I still uh, love to do. But anyway, that's that's kind of the nutshell right there. Right. Uh, I could go on and on, but how'd you how'd you end up on motion design? You know, um, so for the first seven years out here, um, I thought I wanted to be a studio executive, and so I toiled around in the studio system uh, and. Uh, after about, you know, kind of seven years, I decided, you know what, I think I, I think I need to go back to what I'm actually good at doing, which is production. So okay. I, all of my film school stuff was irrelevant. So, um, I started running camera again and taking every camera job that I can get, um, did a lot of free work, which, um, yeah, anyway, that's another story altogether, uh, in terms of my philosophy on doing free work. Um, and, uh, I was kind of getting a little annoyed with how people were cutting together the footage that I was shooting. So I decided, you know what, I, I know how to edit, so I'll, I'll edit. So I started editing and then people started hiring me to edit and shoot. Wow. And then I thought, you know, why don't I, this was probably, what was this, about 2005, 2006, 2007. Andrew Kramer was really the only one that was, um, was online doing After Effects tutorials. Um, John Dickinson, who is now over at Boris Effects, um, uh, he was also doing stuff as well too. And then, of course, Nick Campbell started, you know, Grayscale Gorilla. So those were uh, that, and also Harry Frank, who is over at Red Giant now. Um, those were kind of the my main sources of, you know, what? Let me learn this. Let me figure out how to do this. And um, I never went to school for design, and that's always kind of been my. Um, what do they call it? Uh, uh, what is that? Um, what is that psychological thing? Um, where imposter you're not... syndrome? Yes, thank you. Imposter syndrome. Oh my <laughs> gosh, um, that's always kind of been my big imposter syndrome thing. Is that yeah. I didn't go to school for design, so um, I always feel a little um, uh, embar not embarrassed, but I don't I don't feel as confident as I should because you know everybody says you know if you do it you're this you know if you you know if oh. you're if you're if you write then you're a writer if you sure. act then you're an actor you right. know so stop you know stop qualifying what you do and um, uh, anyway so 
I just started uh, doing motion graphics and people started liking it. And, mm -hmm. um, and I decided to play around with Cinema 4D and, you know, was watching Nick Campbell, Grayscale Gorilla, um, and learning, uh, with him. And, um, and I got, I, uh, somehow I, so I had edited, I edited a TV show for Showtime back in 2009. Yeah, 2009. Um, and after that show, um, I so I got hired to to do uh, motion graphics and 3D animation for an infomercial company. And oh, neat. Yeah. <laughs> like like ShamWow style. Uh, I was the first show that I worked on was uh, a Beachbody show um, called Ten Minute Trainer. Yep. That's awesome. yep. Oh yeah, that was my nice. that was my I it, that what, wasn't technically my first infomercial that I worked on, but that was you know that was kind of um, that was kind of my entry into that world and um, and. You know, when, when Showtime called to do season two, unfortunately, they just had an executive shift. And typically here in, in the studio system, whenever a new uh, executive comes in and takes over, um, any projects that are in development usually kind of get sidelined and, and pushed to the back burner mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, new executives don't want to take responsibility for failures of the previous executive. Sure. Um, but they will more than happy to take credit for successes but getting those uh, getting those successes in the pipeline is a little slow anyway so they you know they unfortunately didn't have uh, the same budget for season two so um, I didn't end up doing that I was about ready to get married so we were going to be paying for our own wedding so I needed to make uh, money and the <laughs> infomercial job paid very well cool um, so I stayed there for a year and a half and they you know, I, I got paid to, I got paid to learn Cinema 4D. Um, and that is probably one of the best ways uh, to learn. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> is when somebody sure. pays you. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, that was great. That was wonderful. And that was kind of how I got started. And, and actually, since I went back and I did one of the projects for Showtime um, a few years later, but with the exception of that, um, with the exception of that editing job, I've pretty much just been doing motion graphics and 3D animation. Lately, over the last couple of years, I've I've started to kind of bring editing back into um, into that. Um, and then, of course, you know, got the channel uh, creating content for the channel as well too. So um, yeah. that's uh, a long way. That's a kind of a roundabout explanation of how I got into motion design, but. Um, I, you know, I, I think probably one of the reasons why I enjoyed doing motion design and 3D animation is, um, you know, editing is a very, editing, editing is a very kind of, I, I tend to think of editing as a very kind of left brain um, activity. You have things set out in a timeline and yes, it's nonlinear, so you can move things around and whatever, but there there has there there tends to be a little bit more of kind of a logical order to things especially if you're working in scripted you know whether it's mm. a sitcom or a drama you have you have a script that you're following right. so there you know there there are limitations to what you can do but at the same time too with those limitations comes a little bit of creative freedom in terms of how you're going to tell the story you know the best example is is um uh, Pulp Fiction, you know, that 
there are there are a lot of stories going around Hollywood as to how that uh, film came about to be the way that it is. Um, and uh, Sally Menke, who was the editor on that, um, I think was very instrumental and integral in taking a linear story because obviously after you watch that entire movie, you realize that, hey, that's everything's weaved together. Yeah. But, they did, but they did a really, really good job of intertwining the stories or i should say reorganizing the stories mm -hmm. into um into a different way that it just it became something completely different and that is that's a good way of a scripted project and how an editor can come in and kind of shift things around to kind of make things look now obviously you know people will say well quentin tarantino wrote it that way but it didn't doesn't feel like it was written that way um right. especially when you look at a lot of his other uh projects a lot of his other projects are kind of very linear story storytelling. That right. is one of the few that is just kind of not that way. But right. um, I liked one of the things that I liked about motion graphics and 3D animation was all of a sudden I kind of feel like I'm a director. Uh, yeah. um, I'm I'm doing the camera moves. I'm I'm directing people on the screen, helping them to see. Okay, what what do I need to see here? Okay, I want to see this. I want to see that. Okay, and then just moving things around. And and so it was kind of the closest thing to um, being an actual film director, which is why I came out here in the right. first place. But so it it kind of appealed to that kind of creative side of me and gave me kind of a, a level of control that I probably wouldn't normally you know like i have a lot of uh, reality tv editor uh friends and and you know it's reality tv again it's one of those things where yes there's you know there's no script so it's you know so there's a lot of creativity that you have as an editor to be able to fashion a story together out of these little sound bites and tidbits and stuff like mm -hmm. that but that also too means wading through all of that footage and trying to find yeah. that one little nugget of uh, of story um, to tell, and you know uh, those are you know those are some of the best, um, uh, most talented and most patient editors out there. Must be. Yeah, because yeah, because like I've been binging some stuff lately myself yeah. and there there's a distinct difference um between like say survivor yeah right and the yeah. way that that's edited like they must have gobs and gobs because it's it's you know in a, a week at a time or three days every three days is a, each weekly episode yeah and there still must be gobs and gobs of, of footage to go through yes. and how do you it can't just be one person there no. must be many no, they, many people yeah, who are sifting no. through all those hours yeah. but then like there's and then you go and watch something like say master chef and you can totally tell that that is cut and edited and put together in a way to try and like build this drama. Oh yeah, and and it, well, and it comes off differently. It totally feels it's a totally different feel depending on how well, it's I edited have, together. I've also I've also you know I've also I also tell people reality TV is not reality. It's still crafted. Oh, it's still of course it's still scripted. It's guided because, and yes, and, absolutely. Yeah. You have you have um, you know typically. Um, I have uh, a friend of mine, good friend of mine. Uh, she did a lot of work on Top Chef. Top Chef, yes, Top That's Chef. That's a good one. Yeah, and um, so typically, you know, each person has each person has two cameras following them. So if you, you know, 
the more people you have, and if you have you know typically two people following one person, I mean that adds up. Then you've got a lot of camera crews because you because it's not just the it's not just cameras; it's audio. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got an audio person. There's also a producer. So I mean, there could you know there could easily be five people just around one person. Wow. Um, you know, shooting them and 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 whatnot. Um, and um, I saw many. Uh, a couple of years ago, I went to uh, I went to a, um, uh, I went to an event that was hosted by the Television Academy, where they had reality TV editors uh, and producers talking about some things. And uh, there was one editor who I think it was keeping up with the Kardashians. I think is, and I th think that's around the time when Kanye kind of entered into Kim's life. Um, I don't watch the show. I'm talking about it like I watch the show. Um, <laughs> But the clip that they showed was was really fascinating because they showed they basically showed the raw the the, the raw camera. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think there was two cameras, and then they showed the kind of the final edited clip. And what was amazing was um, that was an instance in where in where they took um, they took something that happened, or, or, or I should say, they retold a story nonlinearly. So they they took the footage and they chopped it up to where you know, kind of the beginning happened at the end and, you know, and vice versa. So it, it you know, it, there are, are ways to, you know, kind of really make editing a creative task. And, and, um, and I know, I know a lot of my editor friends would actually um, uh, disagree with me in terms of, of describing it as kind of a very kind of left brain thing, because when you're telling a story, a story, you know, it's interesting how the brain works because the the left and the right actually do work together. You have yeah. the, you have the logic side. You know, I mean, well, I'm talking to computer guys, so um, <laughs> you know, computer guys who make creative um, machines. <laughs> uh, but so um, I, I got sidetracked. What we're talking about? We're talking about editing. Uh, but yeah, so um, editing is 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 a really really fun task. Um, but I, you know, and I, I've had this conversation with a number of editing friends too. You know, they're like, "Why are you know Why aren't you editing reality?" Well, first of all, nobody's going to hire me to edit reality because I don't have reality show experience. Hmm. Um, that being said, um, it's a very it takes a very patient person to um, to wade through all of that footage and find that um, that you know that one nugget. Yeah, the that, good that, stuff. Yeah, the good stuff. Um, and um, and I don't know. I, that to me, I find it so much more interesting trying to solve a logo animation problem. You know, it's like because even with logo animations, um, and you know, we've we've you know talked about um, you know we've talked about this as well too with you know with creating a logo animation for the podcast. Um, you know, I look at that as a little you know kind of a, a, an opportunity to tell a little five second story sure. and sometimes I overthink it yeah. <laughs> um, because uh, because I don't want to, I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss the opportunity of, of, you know, kind of, you know, getting the point across and, 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 and being util utilitarian and whatnot, but you know, sometimes betting done is better than perfect. So um, yeah, absolutely. Um, something. Yeah. That's important. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, now, um, uh, but anyway, so that's, um, 
I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's I that. Don't even, I don't that's even remember that. what the original question yeah. was. <laughs> no, that's it's okay. It's okay. This is, we're all this is all still kind of a new format, and we're 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 shaking things out. But it, it's it's interesting to hear your perspective on this stuff and, and kind of get an idea of just kind of how how a brain in this sort of um, industry works and and kind of where your thought process is in in a big way, which is is actually kind of kind of let's let's like we can take kind of a bigger picture sure. view of this yeah. and and since you are kind of you've. I mean, you said twenty-three years or something. Yeah. That's, so, so I feel like you you kind of have a good uh, a good idea of of kind of that that broader picture. And so, like, not to, uh, not to, I feel like this is a question that gets asked all the time. We were kind of talking about before the stream, but like, how how has this how has this new work from home stuff, all of this remote oh. work, all of this thing affected, um, I suppose, the industry at large. Um, I know you had mentioned earlier that like yeah. production isn't happening. So like, no. what does that mean? Like, has there been stuff that that was that has been recorded previously? Like that they can slowly yes. release? Is that going to yeah. change more to less live, like in person content? Like, how does that how is well, that going to work so, in the next year? Yeah. Well, it's. I'm curious to see how it's going to play out for the rest of this year. Um, sure. I know. I know at least here in um, California. Um, things i think we're in phase two of a four phase reopening plan um and um i think uh uh shops well what was it i think shops are opening but you have to you still have to do curbside pickup you can't actually go to a mall or yeah there's limited capacity um i know the well anyway so that's that's all that part of it the harder the harder part is obviously movie theaters. You, people can't oh. go to movie theaters anymore. Right. So, um, you had said it as well too. I think I think drive-throughs are going to be at least the immediate solution. But mm-hmm. I mean, how many drive-through theaters are there now in this in this country? There aren't. There I think aren't there's that one many. in this yeah. state. I yeah. think there's one. Oh, there, in Washington, right now. Uh, there may be a few here in Los Angeles. That I don't know, uh, it, but. So you have limited capacity in that regard. So you're not going to see, I mean, usually like when Top Gun, I think Top Gun 2 is supposed to open this year. You know, I, I mean, if they were to do a drive-through, re, you know, release of that, they're very much not going to see the same numbers. No and, way. And in the, you know, and in Hollywood, you know, opening weekend is is number one important thing for all other uh, revenue streams after that. Sure. You know, the performance of how it does in you know in movie theaters determines the rollout of how it's going to happen for all of the other you know video on demand uh, home video streaming all of that stuff and so um you know hollywood still puts its all of its eggs in you know in the opening weekend sure um and but what we saw with onward is onward was released i think what the weekend before the lockdowns happened here in los angeles uh, Maybe around there, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember seeing and, a talk about it on Disney Plus. Yeah, and then, well, yeah, and then Disney Plus, you know, they, they, they you know, they, they acted quickly, quickly, mm-hmm. and they, you know, plopped it on Disney Plus, and they saw some number, you know, they saw a good, you know, uh, increase in numbers in that regard, um, and so uh, I think Disney Plus, and that's the other part of it too. So Warner Brothers, their streaming service is, I think HBO Max, I think is what it's going to be called. Okay. They, I'm pretty sure. I'm almost 100 percent positive that hasn't gone live yet. Oof. 
and because I know that they were, I know that they were gearing up and they were hiring people. Um, sure. They were hiring people on the level that Netflix, you know, was kind of, you know, has people, you know, Netflix has a number of motion graphics artists on staff um, to help create, you know, the content. So when you, you know, when you're scanning through Netflix, you can see a preview and this and that or whatever. But right. So uh, HBO Max was gearing up for that. Well, all of that stuff is pretty much on hold. They're not hired. Well, so I had I had an interview at Warner Brothers. The um, so things shut down here in Los Angeles. I think Friday the thirteenth, um, in March. I had the interview on Thursday the twelfth. Uh, literally, I got an email the next day. We're on hold. You know so. Oh. So there's there's that part of it. So uh, all the all the live shows essentially shut down that week. So right. they weren't doing any live uh, shows. Ellen shut down, um, and um, all that stuff shut down. Um, uh, Fallon, um, all those guys, you know, yeah. they're all doing stuff from home. Uh, Fallon's actually been doing some interesting stuff from home. Um, I will I will give him that. Um, it, seems, it seems pretty cool how some of the the people who have had live audiences would yeah. have have seemed to be transitioned pretty well to producing Correct. content in in their own homes and things Correct. like that. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I think you can also, um, uh, you know, somebody who's able to actually, I, I think one of the things that I appreciated about Fallon, and I mean, maybe it's because I have kids, but I mean, he very much incorporated his kids into the actual show. Yep. Um, and um, and I thought that, that was you know very very well done and very creative in that regard. Um, so, but as far as um, uh, dramas and sitcoms, well, sitcoms obviously aren't happening because sure. you know you can't have a live studio. Actually, I think when I gotta I, I'm gotta double check on this because I know sit, sitcoms can still shoot, but they can't have a live audio uh, live studio audience, but. Okay. Then again, also too, I don't know how you know. I, I, I saw an article I think in the Hollywood Reporter um, yesterday uh, about you know are people going to be doing love scenes now in TV shows? And I'm like, wow. Or, I mean, is this really <laughs> is this re- is this really affecting uh, you know everything? Interesting, yeah, interesting question. But I think that's the the thought there is a little extreme, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, for sure. I'm I'm really curious to see your thoughts on so like everything coming out right now obviously has already been shot and edited and all yes. that and like yeah. eventually that well is going to draw uh, dry up yes. like all all of that content that they already yeah. have that yes. they can then push out like that well is going to dry up so do you see any like format and and they're not going to not produce content like right yeah that's what they're going to do you know yeah. So, so how do you how do you see like them adapting and how do you see them like do you see the format changing of the content that they're putting out. That's a good question. Um, I when mean, I, so I, certain... I yeah, ask this because, like, I'm kind of like what what comes to my mind is like what uh, what uh, Disney is doing right now. Um, they're putting out all this like short form content. Like, yeah. they're starting this whole series that's like thirty to second mm-hmm. clips of, of just like Olaf running around. You know, right? Um, Yo, yeah, yeah. I th- uh, on the I think are you because uh, I know I I subscribe to the the Disney YouTube channel and yeah I've been seeing yeah, yeah. those little Olaf animations. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, so I'm wondering, like, are we going to start seeing potentially more of that, uh, more short form content that they can kind of throw together now and then push out that it's consumable during kind of this time? You know, that's a good question because I know, I mean, I know in terms of security, you know, Disney is probably one of the most strict um, 
uh, uh, studios out there in terms because they've got you know they got Marvel, they got Star Wars, they got Pixar, um, and you know just about every other piece of kids content out there. But um, and I know I many years ago I worked for uh, a company that did a lot of Disney Channel promos, and that was gosh when was that that was about 2015 and around that time they were disney was making their uh, vendors mm. uh sign these really ridiculous um um overreaching kind of security contracts that that basically again your work machine is disconnected from the internet so you need to have two machines at your workstation you need to have your work machine and then you need to have an internet machine and they can't talk to each other wow. so your email, you get your email on one computer, and you NBC was NBC is the same way. You've got you've got two machines. You've got a work machine, and you've got your email machine. Um, and uh, w- the work machine is not connected to the internet, but it is connected to a network. So if you download, you can download something on the uh, on the internet machine, put it on either put it on a thumb drive and transfer it, or you know you can put it on the digital digital asset management system. Wow. Anyway, so. There's that aspect. So I don't, I'm curious to know actually, because I don't, Disney, all of these studios, they, they have, you know, they have third party vendors to do all of this stuff. So I don't know how, because again, how, how are you, how are they going to get access to those things? At least with that, those little Olaf animations, Mm -hmm. I think those are the animators themselves who are creating that content at home and posting it. It is. Um, because it and it, and sense. and those are really short little animations, you know. Uh, I, gosh, I don't think I saw one that was longer than thirty seconds. But even then, you know, that we're not talking about something that requires a massive amount of, you know, rendering compute power. And and who knows? I mean, maybe it does. And I, you know, so that's a that's a really really good question because my my question goes back to security. How do you right. keep those? How do you keep those assets secure? How do you keep those assets from getting out uh, to somebody else or whatever it is? And and I think that that's I'm hoping that's what they've been spending <laughs> this time <laughs> trying to figure out because because you're right, content still needs to get created because it, yeah. you know it. Uh, I've uh, a friend who who edits uh, Deadliest Catch and they had they'd shot all that stuff prior to the lockdown so editing was still going on um as archaic as it was i I think i think my friend had a team viewer into his you know his work machine at the at the production company but um but that's one show i know there are other shows that are doing that as well too so yeah i'm 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 kind of like you it's like what happens when when that stuff dries up i mean it's they've got to make more of that um I wish I had a better answer for you because I always I go back to the security thing and yeah. um, if they you know if Disney I, I am I know Netflix um, you know Netflix is probably the model in a lot of how these streamers are are working I know Netflix has a lot of staff people uh, and people on staff I'm not sure how their digital asset management systems work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, because they were, you know, the first to this kind of whole streaming race, I have to assume that they have kind of the best, uh, network set up in, in for that to happen for people to be able to work from home. Sure. Um, 
Apple is probably another one that's probably perfectly situated for something like this as well, too, because, you know, uh, I mean, they're a tech company. So, you know, I'm sure they have something like that figured out. So um, uh, streaming services, again, like, you know, HBO, uh, HBO Max, I mean, that was... I'm not sure when they were scheduled to launch that, but, you know, a lot of that has been put on hold because, you know, nobody's been hired for stuff like that. Um, CBS is another streaming service that uh, also um, uh, has, I'm curious, I know that they've been, CBS has been actively producing original content like Netflix and Amazon Prime, but um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I do think that once things open up, um, uh, there's going to be a mad dash to finish a bunch of stuff because they're sure. going to want to get, you know, they're going to want to get content out there. So um, um, w- whether it's streamed or in a theater or, you know. Yeah. Do you, um, so while, while you were mentioning about, um, you know, production and things like that, like especially when it comes to, like live human content do you do you know the there's a there's a gentleman that i've that i follow on twitter and have interacted with a little bit his name is matt workman he goes yeah. by cine database so he's been working on a thing um he, he, of like a virtual production environment yes. where it's yes. like it's basically like a big green room right. or a green screen yes. stage and then yes. he, and it's all virtual like it's in unity or, or unreal the, yeah. the actual and it seems like an interesting crossover between kind of what they've been doing with um the Mandalorian with that yes. kind of gigantic LED yeah. screen, yeah. but then also it, there's like a there's like a, a piece of kind of remote work to it. I could see, um, I personally could see how that might be helpful in a situation like this where you could have just one camera guy, one actor. Yes. And and then you can have like a green greened yeah. out stand in for maybe another actor who is at their garage or at their home or something like that. Yeah. And and do you see like do you see maybe that this that sort of um, technology or, or implementation could be really kind of steam powered or not steamrolled but like kind of boosted? Like, oh, like totally. I could see a lot more investment into that sort of oh, a solution. Yeah. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Uh, I wonder if I wonder if maybe some of the big boys might be working on something like that or or, or might kind of snatch well, up a I, similar solution. I am curious. Um, I know I ha- I know I've had some friends say that there was they, they still had to do a lot of post uh, work on the Mandalorian. Sure. Um, you know, so it's not you know it's not a perfect. And it's funny too because I remember being at NAB in 2018, I think it was, and I remember walking you know walking through uh, the the floor and seeing all of these massive massive virtual sets and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like. Oh, that's great. That's who's who's gonna pay for this? <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh, I mean, sometimes I'm just like, kind of like, okay, I need to, I need to be a little bit more um, um, sure. mindful of the future. But I mean, because now we're seeing that with Mandalorian, I mean, that's exactly what yeah. you know what that was. I you know, but there's still, again, even with stuff like that, there's still going to be post work that mm-hmm. needs to happen. So they're still going to have to fi- hire visual effects artists and color graders and editors and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. We are in a time where it is absolutely possible to work from home. And, you know, you have, you have people, you have people like the quarter crew, you know, all they need is an internet connection and just to upload content to YouTube and, you know, and they're, and they're done, you know? So, 
Um, you know, same thing, you know, you got people like Action Movie Dad who, you know, yeah. who, who is, you know, producing content with his kids and, um, and being the uh, wonderful Twitter troll that he is. <laughs> Um, uh, that's, that's, that's funny. He's I genius. I, I keep telling, I great. keep telling him, like, dude, you need to create it. You need to create a create a tw- Twitter troll course. <laughs> <laughs> You're so genius at it. But um, so yeah, I mean, I I I, I think there's definitely going to be more virtual production going on. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the bigger question is, you know, are we going to have we're going to have the pipeline to be able to, to transmit that content, you know? Yeah. That, and that, that actually kind of, when you had mentioned about how there still needs to be a lot of post-production, like on the Mandalorian and things. And so, yeah, that, that kind of brings up that question is like how I feel like the tools right now are, aren't quite built for the situation we're in. And like, has that affected you and your work and, 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 or maybe the, the people around you at all like how do how do you get the job that would you would normally work on locally to where you are now and how do you collaborate with with people wow. when you can't when you can't share an office with them yeah i you know it's you know when i i'm trying to remember where i heard this but um ever since i heard it i it, it's I've I've loved it and i've always you know kind of corrected people when they say you know it's all all about who you know and it's, I don't think it's as much about who you know as much as it is about who knows you. Because, sure. um, you know, you're, and Winbush, uh, my friend Winbush, who's on the who's on the chat said, you know, uh, likes to say that um, uh, your network is your net worth. And mm-hmm. so it's, um, in terms of going about finding those jobs, the reality is, you know, so many production jobs happen because of people working together, people knowing. Hey, right. I know that I know that guy. He can, you know, he can be my, you know, grip, or he can be, you know, the gaffer, or whatever. Uh, you know, one of my old roommates was was, you know, was a gaffer, and he he constantly was well, he he was able to he worked whenever he wanted to, of course, as most freelancers do. Um, but um, he uh, all of his almost all of his jobs came from you know, came from friends, came from colleagues that he worked with. So I don't, so I, I, I have to assume that it's probably going to be a very similar process in, um, in that regard. Um, you know, I know I was kind of on staff for about, you know, three years or in kind of a long-term freelance, uh, job for three years. And so I stopped networking and I stopped, um, uh, going to, uh, meetups and stuff like that. And, um, and it, and it hurt me. It hurt me when I, you know, when 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 they that that company decided to go in a different direction, and I had to get back into the freelance world. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know anybody. I, I didn't even know which. I knew some of the you know broadcast design companies that were out there, but um, I um, so that all of that to say that I think that you know people that get those jobs are going to get those jobs because of their network because sure. of the people that they know because of uh of those things and um and so i think that that's i think that's still going to be the same way because people like working with you know people they know and sure. um and you know if there's you know it's one of the reasons why you know somebody like steven spielberg works with the same exact people on almost every film you know john williams scores all of his movies uh, Janusz Kaminski is a cinematographer since uh, Schindler's List. So, yeah. 
you know, uh, Michael Kong is his editor because there's an you know, there's an unwritten kind of um, workflow that, that that goes on that you know Michael Kong doesn't need to necessarily know what's in Spielberg's mind. He's going to cut it together the way that he's you know. There's an unwritten um, kind of way of uh, of how they work and how they operate, and you know, and there's a freedom in that. So um, yeah. How do you think? How do you think though that they can? How the how will they be able to work together? Uh, when they can't really be together, so and, and 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 I suppose and again like I feel like that kind of applies to, like sure like oh I know my buddy Jeff he can totally do this editing thing but yeah. like now how how do I work with him when I can't go visit him when I well, when we can't be on set together or or that kind of a thing like and, yeah, and how do you reconcile that I feel like you know there, again like I, I think I suppose it comes down to the the workflow right when normally yes, when yes. normally you would do these things this way and now there's like a big roadblock right in the middle yeah the biggest, well, how uh, do you think people yeah, overcome that biggest, I, I almost oh, feel sorry. like the first sorry sorry no, uh, I almost feel like the first question would just be like are they even trying to do that oh that's good yeah like are is it is it basically like full stop let's just kind of wait and see and wait until this blows over or are they trying to adapt right now and i happen to lean towards what you're saying uh, eric is that i think i think that there is going to be a certain amount of weight uh involved in let's see what happens because um you know it's too, any any big corporation but especially studios they're they're um they can't move on a dime, you know, right. everybody and, you know, and Eric, you know, this in, you know, having to deal with a lot of vendors that you have to deal with. I mean, you have so many people that have to give their stamp of approval on, you know, on, uh, on any given decision. And right. so, you know, so there, and, you know, in, inside of the studio system, it's, it's even that much more complicated because then you, you know, and, and it's funny too, because I know this, I know this from, you know, uh, working at a bunch of different studios and networks and you would sit there and think that there would be a lot more communication going on to, between departments. But the reality is a lot of the way that these studios are set up is that every department is almost its own business entity. And so, sure. you know, um, I know when I was, um, when I was at Sony and we were developing, um, this was pre this was 2001 to 2004 or 5 so this was pre netflix this was pre you know youtube to a certain extent you know we were creating you know some of the first streamed you know tv shows day and date episode tv shows and and you know but we had to we had to license those shows from sony pictures television we were all the same studio we were all the same entity but we still yeah. had to get and and some of that is legal reasons because you know they have you know uh they have production companies that they work with and so uh they don't want to give a sweetheart deal to an internal company when they could get more money from warner brothers like warner brothers warner brothers television is probably one of the biggest tv producers in the business Warner, they, they did Friends, they do, you know, Big Bang Theory and all that stuff. Well, you know, um, when when Warner Brothers is, uh, when Big Bang Theory is going in, into syndication, you know, they need to make sure they have an obligation to Chuck Lorre, who, who is the creator of that show. They have an obligation to Chuck Lorre to make sure that they get top dollar for those syndication rights. Sure. And so if they, if that show ends up on TBS, 
TBS had better be paying fair market value for that show. And right. so, you know, so you have a lot of that stuff going on. And, and I say all of that to say that, you know, you have you have so many people that are trying to give their stamp of approval on how things work and how things operate. You have this, the IT security systems. You have all of those things that, that need to happen. And so, unfortunately, again, like I said, I really hope they've been spending these last two months in trying to figure out the best way to have, to, to move forward in that regard because yeah. it's, you know, we can't, you know, there needs to be a solution. And, yeah. and so, you know, I know at least, I know like, I, I wonder, used, yeah, I wonder ahead, if I'm we'll sorry. see, well, no, I wonder if we'll see some, maybe some, uh, a little bit more of independence, like you said, like within within a large company, there's all these like almost separate companies under right. this big umbrella. Yeah, I wonder if they're if they might like kind of let go of some of that um, micromanagement and just say, well, you know what, I don't you guys you guys can go <laughs> ahead. Well, in a, in a way where like maybe some of the the higher level like right. decision making can just kind of be you know what you guys have been doing such a good job already we're just going to kind of let you guys do your thing right. and 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 see what happens because i feel like if if you're so big you can't pivot you can't adjust and adapt you're going to die yeah. i mean look so, at what happened to the no, record really labels did. with yeah. napster and things like that like yeah. They, they they tried to hold on to that CD album oh, yeah. like paradigm for so long until they they were losing so much money they had to change, and I feel like we might we might be at the very very beginning of of that kind of a it's funny you bring shift. It, it's funny you bring up the music industry. Um, side note, um, I know when Apple was developing iTunes. I mean, it's you know it's in Walter Isaacson's book on on the Steve Jobs biography. I mean, he, he you know one of the biggest allies that Steve Jobs had was um was it Doug Morris at Universal? I think it was Doug Morris. Anyway, Universal was one of the first was one of the first groups to sign on mm-hmm. to iTunes and um they had an opportunity to get Sony on board right away. And yeah. Sony decided not to do it. And the and one of the reasons the Sony decided not to do it is because they were also because I was at Sony at the time, they were developing a music store uh for oh. Sony Music, but adapt or die sony was trying to make it proprietary sony was trying to do a lot of things that that made it more difficult to where when you know when itunes launched that was the end of it and um but i i love what you said adapt or die so it's yeah it's going to be interesting to and it's interesting to hear that Universal was, the, I imagine it's Universal Music Group or Media yes. Group or something. Universal it's, Music it's Group. In, it's, indis, it's interesting to hear that they were one of the first to jump onto iTunes because just recently all of this, this hubbub with AMC and how Universal started putting their content out and streaming their stuff out to the masses, I, that's kind of a cool thing to know that they they have a history of, of kind of staying up with it with a current well, trend. And it's funny it's funny that that little that little rift is going on because I'm <laughs> kind of like you know what AMC you really can't afford to, to right <laughs> to be going to toe to toe with Universal. I mean uh. <laughs> yeah. But it just it does show though that they they do have a history of kind yeah. of um of seeing what's coming and and adapting yeah. to and so that's that's cool to and it, and they're so huge that if they do if the, if they kind of start doing this 
more often like i i'm not sure exactly what content it is that they they released like so quickly but if they continue to do so i could see where more bigger studios would follow along well i know that universal has has the, the new fast and furious movie coming up um mm. soon so right. cuz that was you know cuz that was a conversation i was having uh with some friends it's like you know, is let's say movie theaters open up on mo on Monday next week. Let's say everybody can go to the movies. Is AMC really not going to take Fast and the Furious? Come on, right? <laughs> so I mean, I you know, yeah, I, I, you know, I love I love movie exhibitors. I mean, that I mean, going to movies, you know, that that was a big part of my childhood. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to get into this business. I mean, there was something magical about sitting there. Yeah. in in that seat and just watching a story unfold and you know just the whole escapism aspect of it was absolutely what drew me in and made me want uh to do this for a living and to to get to get into this um uh in, in to get into this business and so but i will say also too you know movie movie watching has evolved for me i mean i you know, ever since ever since the TV show Twenty Four, uh, you know, I can't. I that was oh, the I first that was, that was the first show I ever binge watched, and and you know because I remember the I think it was the summer after the first season that that show came out. Um, uh, Fox made a really really smart decision to put it out on DVD. Netflix was doing DVD at the time, so mm -hmm. I I could get I could get Twenty Four on Netflix, but I couldn't go to Blockbuster and get it because they were all out at Blockbuster. Yep. And, um, and so when that first season of 24, cause I knew, cause I knew 24 being the format that it was, I couldn't just, I couldn't just jump in on episode five. I would already have missed, you know, four hours of, you know, essentially kind of what happened in the real world. So I knew I need, that was one of those shows that I knew I needed to watch episode, episode. I couldn't just jump in on it like law and order, law and order. You can, you know, they just, oh. Each it's episode is a one-off. Yeah, yeah, it's different between those encapsulated stories versus the big arc throughout the whole thing. But ever since, ever since now, it's like, you know, you know, I'm, 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 I'm catching up on uh, the current season of Better Call Saul. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, so binge watching has definitely become a way in which people just, you know, watch TV. I know Disney was oh, trying yeah. to, Disney was trying to discourage that with Mandalorian by dropping an episode every week. And I was kind of like, uh, I mean, I guess to a certain extent that could kind of work still, but people, you know, people like me, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait until it's all out and then I'll just right. all watch it back to back. Um, but that being said too, you know, with a six year old and a, and a three year old, it's next to near impossible to have any kind of focused energy to, <laughs> to watch uh, you know, I, I have I have people, I have friends of mine that laugh at me. You know, when you know, it's like, uh, why is it taking you three different seat sittings to watch a two-hour movie? And I'm like, I'm <laughs> sorry, it's just. I, I think Knives Out was the last movie that I sat there the entire time wow. and watched that whole thing. I was like, holy moly, that's a great movie. I mean, that yes. was you know, but you know, so I, I think viewing has definitely changed. It's. All of For that sure. to say, to, to get back to, I think, what the original question was in terms of, of how production is going to evolve. And right. I, I think that it is going to um, be a lot more virtual, um, mm -hmm. if, if you will. Um, but you still, I mean, you, you still need to have people in proximity to each other. You still need to have 
lighting technicians, you still need to have somebody to operate the big LED screen. You need you need a camera operator. You need you know you still need people around you. So uh, I'm curious and. I'm curious to know how things are going to progress if we still have to do social distancing, which is interesting because you have countries like Sweden and Taiwan who never did any social distancing at all. Mm. And they didn't shut down. They didn't do any of that kind of stuff. And relatively speaking, um, you know, the numbers, well, Taiwan's numbers are really super low. Um, But they didn't shut down the subways. You know, they, you know, they, they treated their, you know, because uh, I, I think I saw something, some some doctor talking about surgical masks and how we, you know, as a society here in this country, we just don't do surgical masks because we don't, we, you know, we're not that kind of a society. Right. So we don't have the same kind of uh, conceptual idea of how to be sanitary with those things. And so, of course, we're touching our faces and everything like that. I mean, right. we're, we're all not surgeons. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, anyway. But anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. So I, it's... Ultimately, it's going to come. What's the the biggest thing that's going to come into play is whether or not people can get, get into the same room again. Right. And I know um, I know churches are you know especially a lot of the big mega churches are doing online church. Yep. You know, there's still people. There are still people on that stage. Yeah, they're six feet apart and, and various different things. But you know, you know, so there's there are ways of doing it safely. And mm-hmm. you know, so it's going to be. Again, you know, a lot of these studios have to think about liability issues. I mean, every studio has a massive amount of lawyers on staff that are doing nothing but thinking about how people are going to sue them. Right. And, you know, so, you know, I I remember, you know, I remember when I was at NBC, you know, in uh, last year, we were doing a show for, um, for NBC Sports. I mean, it was... You know, before any, and this was a YouTube show, but before anything could go up on YouTube, the lawyers had to approve it, you know, and, and uh, so it's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, So, um, but I don't think, I think at some point, because most of the people, most of the, uh, what they call below the line people, the camera operators, the gaffers, the grips, most of those Mm -hmm. people, you know, they're salt of the earth kind of people. And they're, you know, in some respects, they're similar to kind of construction workers and just people who are very hands on and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, deal with day to day kinds of things. They go to work when they're sick. You know, if they if they've got the flu, sometimes, well, unless it's really bad, they don't go. But, you know, so I think I think once things start opening up, I honestly I'm I'm curious. I don't think people are going to care too much about having to worry about things um yeah. so that's ultimately i think what it's going to come down to huh that's interesting so um but I, I i there's a part of me that really truly feels like that once once things whether it's well actually i think it's a two-pronged thing you know, I think there's things at the federal level, but a bigger issue is things at the state level. Once the state says, um, hey, it's OK to get back to, you know, it's OK to be in the same room together. You know, once that happens, I think things are going to come back in full force. Yeah. Um, so, um, 
But, so it might not, it might not be, I suppose long-term, there might not be as much of a, a negative effect as, as some might think. Well, I do know um, uh, one of the things that I think that I was seeing on Twitter um, yesterday is, at least in post-production, you know, the, the, the sector of post-production that seems to still be doing a lot of work lately are animators, yeah. whether, they're, whether they're 2D or 3D. And I think that has a lot to do with just because, you know, uh, like uh, there's um, uh, there's a company um, uh, that I've been in communication with this whole entire time uh, in terms of projects. And you know, I'll constantly get emails. Hey, are you available? Are you available? Are you available? Yeah, I'm available. Yeah, I'm available. And invariably what always happens is they creatively decided to go a different route. Right. And so the manpower that they would have needed for the particular project essentially kind of either got slimmed or or the other part of it is is budgets sure you know that's the big that's the big thing too is that nobody's spending any money because nobody knows you know yeah. so um so you have a lot of people you have a lot of um a lot of vendors who are doing a lot of social media stuff because it's cheap they can yeah. you know they can get away with doing that but you know bigger projects you know uh uh bigger jobs they're they're not happening right now because people you know don't know am i going to have is my advertising budget going to be taken away from me i mean is sure. nike you know is nike going to decide to not spend 100 million dollars on you know on an ad campaign because they can't shoot an ad campaign so how right. are they going to do it you know we're i mean gonna maybe, see, we're going to see like two years worth of cartoons for <laughs> after all this <laughs> i mean well, a lot of, this, a this lot well, yeah, I was getting right. earlier when I was kind of talking about like, is the format going to change? Like that—that's a big question I have. It's like, if we can't get people together to actually shoot something, right. are we going to start seeing like more animated stuff popping up? A bunch, of, a bunch uh, of CGI stuff. And... I mean, I think I think the quick answer is yes. I think you will. Um, you know, because um, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say this without sounding like I'm selling your machines, but um, yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys make amazing systems that that are. I mean, I, gosh, I, I, I honestly I haven't run Unreal Engine on this machine yet, um, and um, but I, I have friends who you know they have, you know, uh, they have two you know graphics cards or. Sorry, my wife was blending upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, even just with two graphics cards, they're able to just chunk out a 4K animation on Unreal in you know in such a short period of time mm -hmm. that in Octane the same thing might take you know a day to render. So, right. um, you know, so yeah, I mean, if if people have because that's the bigger because that's going to become the bigger issue as well too is are individuals like me going to have First of all, hey, I need somebody to pay me um, to do a job, and once you pay me, then I'll look to see. Uh, uh, you know, once I get that money, I'll look to see what money I can use to invest in getting a better machine that will allow me to do better work. So, you know, I don't know. There might be. I I, I don't know. If, you know, if places like you know studios and networks are saying, hey, you know, we'll send you a work machine, you know, sure. to be able to do this work from home, because that's going to be the bigger the bigger bottleneck issue is. Will people have the hardware at home to be able to do those things? A lot right. of your editors and animators typically already have those things at home at their disposal um, to do side freelance jobs in addition to studio work. Um, but you know, again, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take on a, 
I'm not going to take on a job that I'm not going to be able to render or that I'm not going to be sure. able to, 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 to finish. Um, and, you know, so there's, I know a lot of people are living day to day. And so they, you know, they're in a lot of credit card debt. And so they might not have the leeway or the capacity to invest in getting a new machine to be able to take that job. That's only going to last for a couple of weeks. Right. So, um, you know, I, you know, that's, I think that's going to be the biggest issue in terms of a virtual production is are people going to be able to have the hardware to be able to complete those jobs and get, get them done. Um, because uh, budgets have reduced. So people aren't paying as much if they're paying at all. And so, you know, everything, everything costs something. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that's probably a long roundabout answer to your question, Eric. Yeah, I was, I was hoping that there might be a silver lining there, that it means that like more work is coming your guys' way, you know? Um, well, I, and so specifically on like the, the, you know, motion design and yeah, well, animation. I, well, I do. I mean, I do think that that's. I mean, I do think that that is going to happen. Um, and um, one of the things, again, for people like me, we have systems at home to do that. So it's right. it's not really it's not really an issue in that regard. But I do worry about the people who don't have systems right. at home. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I, I hate saying you know. I hate speaking in evolutionary terms, but, you know, I mean, in, in that regard, in, in some ways, you know, the fittest survive, but, um, you know, so I, I hope that that's not the case, but it probably might be. I think you're right. I think, um, you know, I think once there's a little bit more certainty in the economy and, um, companies know how to spend their advertising dollars, or I should say, know that they're going to have those advertising dollars. I just saw a headline today, Disney's, um, profits went down 91%. Yeah, so 1.4 billion Ugh. in in recent, like yeah. You know, so and that and and what what not, again not, you know, not trying to be Debbie Downer or anything like that, but that that's going to translate into people getting laid off. Sure. That's going to translate into Disney not spending money on certain things or picking and choosing which projects they're going to spend money on. So um it's, you know, uh, I, there's unfortunately a lot of uncertainty going on right now, and I, yeah. I, I'm I'm hoping we're gonna I'm hoping we're gonna have answers in the next week or so. I mean, I, yeah. I seriously I think I, I that's gonna be important for sure. So yeah, um, I'm I'm very curious if there's anything that like that you're doing, um, any any advice that you might have for people. Yeah, that actually, are, I think like, I think that'll make. That'll make for a good wrap up. Actually, it's just yeah, like, I, what, what, yeah, what, what what would you say to to say other folk in in the in your industry or or even maybe somebody like newer into it? Like, what can they be doing to maybe prepare for the next week, next month, the rest of the year? I would say, uh, I mean, I would say, and I'm speaking to myself in this regard as well too. I would say probably some of the biggest things um, to do are to a make sure all of your work is up to date. You know, whether it's on your portfolio website or, you know, your your reels and whatnot. I have some, I mean, again, like I said, I'm speaking to myself. I have some stuff of, of work that I did at the beginning of this year. I need to get that stuff up on my site and into my reels and stuff like that. So there's that work that, that needs to happen. You do have a lot of people who are, um, uh, who are 
uh, learning new skills right now. I know a lot of people are diving into Houdini right now um, because um, they have the time to do it. Um, the hard, I, I mean, I would speak, creativity is a muscle. So, um, it, and it, it needs to be exercised like any other muscle, like your brain or anything like that. It needs to be exercised. And so, I mean, I know one of the, the, the hardest thing for me, for especially for people with, I think, small children, is finding the time to be able to do um, those tasks and, and doing those things. And I know the biggest challenge for a lot of people too, especially with kids is, you know, is school is virtual now. And so, you know, there happen to be virtual teachers and stuff like that. And so focus is split. So I think the, I think the way forward, I think the thing that do is to try and find ways to exercise your creative muscle and to create, you know, kind of keep yourself creative or creatively relevant. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I saw somebody uh, just comment uh, that says, you know, uh, Wimbush just commented saying, every, you know, people should learn a new program. I mean, you know, yeah. take this, take this time to um, to make yourself relevant, um, because I think that's going to be uh, kind of the important thing. And I think, you know, kind of what you were touching on earlier, Eric, too, with with the future. I mean, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I do think that we have an ind- indication of what's going to happen. Uh, in the future in terms of, you know, virtual production and, and, and those kind of workflows. So getting up to speed on those things, I think are all staying up to date uh, on all those things are kind of the way forward. Yeah. I wonder if um, like going back to something you had said earlier um, about how it tends to be, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's no different than any industry really, but it tends to be, you know, yeah. Um, You know, even less so about what, you know, and it's more about, (laughs) you know, so like, so I wonder well, because yeah. it's also because it's also a really tough time when you talk about people get a, like you know living day to day at this point, yeah. um, like paying for software right now or paying for training on that software like that's that's difficult too. So yes, it like, is. I wonder if like a, a big thing that people could be doing right now is actually just like virtual networking, like getting yes. getting yourself out there. Um, and, and because like if you're building those connections now, when the money's there to be spent, right. Right. Um, I'm part of, there's a, um, there's a, a networking group that I'm a part of here. Um, well, there's two that I'm a part of here, uh, and they're both kind of offshoots of digital. One of their, uh, digital media arts of Orange County. Um, and we, we had a virtual meet last night. Um, and, um, I sadly was only able to be on it for a, a short period of time, um, uh, because it was bedtime for the kids, but, um, <laughs> But yeah, I think that that's, and I also kind of, I'm almost kind of, that's kind of almost one of the reasons why I, I, I decided to live stream myself is in the hopes that I could, you know, uh, a lot of creative people are night owls, not everybody. Some people work, you know, uh, best, in, you know, bright and early in the morning, but, you know, there are a lot of night owls. And also too, I know, um, you know, uh, uh, there are people in Europe and, you um, in uh, other parts of the world that are up it's daytime there when it's nighttime here so um that was kind of in the back of my head one of the reasons why i kind of wanted to do some you know kind of uh, live streaming is is hopefully have you know some kind of a place for people to come and talk Uh, i think what i I think i called it um, movies music and mograph after dark um because i wanted to be able to have people you know just talk about stuff and it's it's a little bit difficult to interact in a live stream situation unless you're chatting. And so sometimes it's 
difficult to keep an eye on what's going on in the chat and and being in the moment of what you're trying to do. I, I think things like this are really, really uh, wonderful, having these little Zoom meetings um, yeah. so you can actually have some interaction mm -hmm. um, yeah. and have a conversation going. So um, I think I, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, Eric. I think virtual um, meetups and virtual networking is probably definitely a good way to go right now. Um, obviously, you know, out of necessity, but um, but even you know maybe moving forward. And um, so it's you know I think that though I think that that's important. I'm, I feel like I'm starting to ramble now. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. Um, but um, did I answer your question? Yeah, no, I think it was really, I think so. Yeah, I think it was really good. Uh, covered kind of both of both angles there. Um, you know, what what kind of what what can we all? I feel and I, honestly, not just for MoGraph people, but I feel like it's that's good advice all around. Honestly, uh, across learn, every industry. learn new yeah. stuff. Take take time enough to learn something new. Take um, and and meet new oh, people and and I, really try and build relationships. I think that's I know, good I know advice I, all around. I, I there was something you said that actually I I meant to answer and I, and I I'd forgotten about it. But you you were talking you were you were talking about learning new software and learning new things. Um, I, you know, I, one of the things that I appreciate um, uh, uh, Joey Cornerman over at School of Motion doing is offering up scholarships yeah. um, to, to people to, to, to learn, uh, to learn new things and to take that opportunity because, you know, uh, you, you have other people that are, you know, hey, 10% off of my $300 course. Well, you know, 10% off of a $300 course is, it, it's, that's, bucks. You know, for some people, that's a car payment. For some people, yeah. you know, that's keeping the lights on or keeping the internet working or whatever it is. So, um, you know, I would also, there's a lot of really, really great um, uh, resources on YouTube. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I keep I keep uh, talking about my friend uh, Wimbush. He's killing it in Unreal right now on, on his YouTube tutorials. And, you know, he just did, you know, a really great presentation on uh, C4D Live um, cool. a couple of weeks ago uh, during NAB. But there was also a lot of, you know, a lot of great other Cinema 4D artists who out there for C4D Live. We got a lot of stuff there. Uh, Red Giant has a lot of uh, really, Red Giant Boris Effects both have a lot of really, really great tutorials. Um, you know, uh, Boris Effects just launched Paint uh, for After Effects, which is... Uh, is which is going to be a game changer in, in my mind in terms of uh, of doing painting effects inside of After Effects cool. um, because you can't do that with built-in tools. So um, you know, so there are a lot of there are a lot of really really great free resources on YouTube, sure. um, and so I would encourage people to go find that stuff. I think um, John Dickinson uh, put a lot of his training up on YouTube uh, for After Effects uh, basics and stuff like that. So. Um, uh, I am going to try and start doing um, more uh, editing tutorials, um, and uh, you know, and it's funny because, it, and I say this to a lot of people, it's like you would think that being stuck at home would be a perfect opportunity to create new content. And no, <laughs> <laughs> if my kids were at school, that would be different. But <laughs> right. Um, so you know, I. So there are a lot of really great uh, free resources for sure, um, and I would definitely exhaust those first before paying um, for, for sure. any material. And uh, you know, and I'm not saying don't pay for you know material. There's you know there are Houdini courses. There are a lot of really really specialized courses that you know 
it's worth every penny to pay for something like that um, if that's something that you want to do. Um, sure. But I wouldn't fork out a huge amount of money for um, for a training series unless you know for a fact that there's going to be a return on investment, for sure. Totally. Yeah. Right on. Um, so, uh, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just get by right now. Yeah. Yes. A lot of it is just yes. day to day. I agree. Stay, stay safe and just get through it. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, you um, know, there's a there's a lot of people you know talking about you know learn all these new skills and stuff like that. I mean, we we were even talking about it now, but you know, at the end of the day, like, just get through. Like, it's, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. it's a rough time. And, it's a rough time for a lot of people. So, well, and, and you make fun, it through it. And and I don't mean to you know I don't mean to you know mean to sound like I'm harping on people who are selling you know uh, training courses because they need to eat too. I mean they sure. you know, they they you know they need um, they need sales. <laughs> yeah. Um, but well, I mean, if you can if you can afford it, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I, that's. I, you know, yeah. I think yeah. that's a big part of it. Is is uh, the first step is self awareness. Like, okay, like like. I, I would never judge anybody. I'm I'm not taking a whole lot of opportunity to learn new stuff. I'm I am trying to like just do the best that I can at the things that I I need to do, you know. Um, and so I wouldn't I would never like judge anybody who came out of this basically the same. Right. Like it's it, it can be a lot. It can be at that. It can be just as much as you can handle just yeah. to stay normal. Yes. Yes. And and that's totally okay. I feel like I feel like that's a big message to get out there. Is like I feel like some people kind of put pressure on on ev- or put put it out there to put push other people. Oh, if you don't come out of this with a new skill, then you suck. And it's like, man, if I come out of this at all as a, yeah. a without 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 a, a, a mental illness, yes. is I'm gonna count that as a win. Like if I don't break down and become like a complete horrible hermit, like I'm gonna count that as a win. Yeah. So. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. And it's funny too. And I'm speaking, you know, I'm speaking to myself when I say this is that you have to be okay with not, as much as I hate saying it, not getting the things done that you want to get done. I mean, that's, I, you know, for, I, I have found new, (laughs) I have found new uh, satisfaction, if you will, if you, uh, you know, getting at least four hours of work done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let alone, you know, let alone eight or 10 or 12, yeah. which is typical of, of post-production and production for that matter. So, um, I, you know, I feel like if I can get four hours worth of work done in a day, then I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm fine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I know one of the things that, uh, you know, last in, and at least for me, I'm, it's almost virtually impossible for me to get anything done during the day work-wise. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I'd like to think that most creative people are probably in my boat in that there is an intense amount of focus that needs to go into the creative process. And it's, while it is a muscle and you do exercise it daily and whatnot, it's not, it's not always a switch that you can just, you know, kind of turn on and off. It's, you know, it takes, uh, Joey Corneman in his, you know, freelance manifesto. I love the way that he, he talked about it when he was talking about freelancing and working from home is that, you know, you need to have a distraction free environment because, and, and you need to even have that conversation with, you know, your better half and, and your kids in that regard as well too, is that, 
you know, because any distraction, it's not just, you know, hey, uh, daddy, where is this? Or, hey, uh, honey, can you go change the, you know, the stuff from the washer to the dryer? It's, it's not just a simple five, 10 minute task that, that's involved. Nope. It's the, it's all of the stuff that you don't see behind that of breaking the focus of getting back into where you left off and getting back into the flow of things can sometimes, yeah. I think Joey talked about it is, is that you have to think about a, you know, a little, yeah. uh, a little interruption as not just a little one or two minute interruption. It's a 15 minute interruption. It is, and yeah. so if you have those happening multiple times throughout the day, that's time. That's time that's not be, that's time that you're not being able to build. That's time that you're not being able to do any of those things. In this environment that we're in right now, all of that kind of goes out the door because um, you 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 have to like you had just like you just said you know uh, Houston getting through it is more important, especially considering that as much as I hate saying it. <laughs> much i hate saying that most people aren't working right now so it's not like you know um it's not like i have somebody you know uh, like pj systems breathing down my throat getting them to <laughs> <laughs> wanting uh wanting a <clears throat> animation no but um it's there's there's my you know there uh, we're all harder on ourselves than we are on other people sometimes um unless it's our family and then we're really hard on them um and so I think one of the things, one of the, one of the things for me is that if I don't feel like I'm getting, if I don't feel like I'm getting the quality time to invest in something particular, I'm cranky. I am cranky and my wife knows it and my kids know it. And if my wife is watching this thing, she will 100% agree with you. And I don't know if she'll ever pop that up in the chat or not, but you know, so <laughs> that's been the biggest challenge for me these last uh, couple of months is not just being patient with myself, but being patient with my family. Um, because, you know, especially with young kids, they don't really know what's going on. Right. Um, I mean, my kids do because <laughs> they're stuck in the house all day, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they look for every opportunity to go out and ride a bike or something like that or play outside. <clears throat> But, you know, when, you know, distance learning started for, you know, my son, him getting back into the flow of doing schoolwork again was, was a little difficult. I mean, there were a couple of weeks where it's like all he wanted to do was play, 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 play. And, you know, he takes, um, he takes piano lessons. And so, um, you know, my, my wife being a piano teacher, she doesn't teach our son, but being a piano teacher, she knows the importance of, uh, piano in a lot of different ways mentally, but also habit building because, you know, practicing every day develops a habit of creating and, and, and doing those tasks and keeping things organized and focused and stuff like that. And so it all translates into other things. So as he gets older, he'll have those habits of study. He'll have the study habits of various different right. things kind of built up and all those systems built up. And so same, you know, same kind of thing goes for everything else. It's like, you know, it's same thing with creativity. The more you do it, the better, you know, the, the easier you will be able to access those functions and abilities to be able to do things. And so in this time that we're in right now, you know, it's important to kind of take a step back and say, you know what, what, what's more important, me figuring out how this webcam is going to work or on a Zoom chat or, 
you know, me making sure that my, you know, kid can read and write and, you know, right. and finish the task that he needs to finish. And, um, and so it's, it's, I'm still learning every day. <laughs> um, I think so, it's the same thing with everyone. Yeah. Everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but, um, but yeah, I think that, um, I, I think being okay with, um, taking your time, uh, has to be kind of one of the first and foremost things that I think people need to focus on Yeah, is, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it was a hard, it's still a very hard for, thing for me. You know, like we were, uh, my wife and I were talking about, it was something, I forget what it was. I, it was I, probably one of my, one of my YouTube videos. Um, actually, yeah, it was my YouTube, one of the YouTube videos that I did a, a, a few weeks ago. It took, it took five days to get that thing done and it should have only taken less than two, not mm -hmm. even two. And it took five days. And, yeah. you know, my wife's like, why isn't it up? Well, I'm like, what do you want to send it up? <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's, there's three reasons why it's not. Up. <laughs> 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 um, and not, not saying that to blame anyone, but you know, it's like, it just, it just takes longer. It, you know, uh, you know, a two hour task is going to take out eight hours. And if you only get four hours in a day, it's going to take two days. So, um, Time management is, uh, you know, is kind of a big thing to keep on, but it also it's important to just kind of be like, you know what, you know, I, I totally it's, agree. It's not done, you know. Yeah. Sorry, um, you know, uh, but it, you know, managing, you know, managing your own, you know, kind of patience level and stuff like that is. Is definitely, you know, it's like if I wanted to be a mental health, you know, physician or something like that, that's what I would have gone into. But at the same time, too, you, you know, we're all wearing a bunch of different hats right now. And right. yeah, I, I think that'll be I think that will be one of the bigger positives that, that comes out of all this is is that self-reflection, that level of self-awareness that we'll have coming out the other side of this, knowing yeah. what's important to us, what our priorities are and all that. Well, yeah, and, it, and it's sure. funny, and it's so. funny, and it's funny too because it's and it's it's day by day thing too because you know there are days there are days when I wake up, it's a day by day thing, but it's also too a sleep thing. Like, um, if uh, not to get too personal in, in in terms of I have I have sleep apnea, so I you know I have a CPAP machine, and if I don't and if I if I happen to fall asleep at night because I'm so tired and I forget to put it on. When I wake up the next day, I am a zombie and I am cranky and I'm angry. And so getting a good night's sleep is just as important as anything else because, you know, I know that when I've had the right amount of sleep and when I've had the quality of sleep, I am, you know, I'm on fire. I'm, I have a lot of patience, you know, but then there are days, again, too, being stuck inside also has a whole mental task on in and of itself because it's like, you know, there are days that I wake up and like at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm already, you know, hearing my three-year-old ask me the same question five bazillion times, you know, until, you know, until he gets the answer that he's looking for is, you know, I'm like, wow, this is 10 o'clock and I'm already on edge, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, I, again, I know, I know people with kids understand it, but, you know, uh, not to include, you know, not to disclude single people, you know, they have their own, you know, they have their own issues to deal with as well, too. Right. So, um, you know, it's day to day, uh, sadly. I saw somebody on Twitter today saying some almost exactly that same thing. It's like, you know, yesterday I was ready to conquer the world. And today I don't even want to get out of it. You know, so it's like, 
Yeah. Yeah, but, swings all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. Well, I I'm gonna have to jump off personally. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, I think I think so, that's a good a good message to kind of wrap things up on. Honestly, that's that's. So is karaoke the next live stream after this? <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> after hours, we'll do it after five p.m. <laughs> <laughs> after hours on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, come, yeah. On, come over to my channel and we'll do some after hours karaoke. There we go. There we That'll go. That'll be fun. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, yeah. I think I think we'll say we'll say. Good day, good yeah. goodbye, and and thanks thanks Ben for for taking yep. time out of your day and and kind of sharing some of your perspective and, and opinions there, absolutely. Uh, and and Eric as well. Thank you guys very much. Yes. Um, hope I hope everybody enjoyed the the show and um, do look forward. We're going to be kind of making this a more regular thing, so um, we're going to be trying to do this again next week. Uh, there's also an office hour on Friday uh, with a couple of our guys from Labs, so tune into that as well. That'll be right around this same time. So um, that'll Fugit be kind of a more, yeah, right. <laughs> I saw <laughs> and, the chat. Uh, Fugit after dark. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. So, um, so, so, yes. Tune in next week for another one of these sort of uh, workflow industry expert Q and A things, and then also on Fridays, um, a kind of a Q and A with our guys in labs. Uh, thanks again, Ben, Eric. Thank you for showing up and being here, and uh, um, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.